I am excited today. A friend of mine is a first-time author. His name is Baraza J. Namunyo, and he's written a book known as Rising from the Ashes. This is Now Tell Us. I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. At Now Tell Us, we get to have guests come and tell us stories. They come and inspire us. They come and educate us on a subject. And always, we are having great guests. And our guest today is a dear friend of mine. I've known him for many years. And this is where the excitement comes from. You have a friend who's been there for so many years with you, and then he does something important, something great, something phenomenal, like this book. You've got a reason to be excited. And so I'm not going to take one more minute because I need Baraza here as soon as possible to tell us about rising from the ashes. She's talking about three ladies, three women, and we're going to find out who are these three women and why did he choose to write about them. So please join me as we go and meet Baraza. Remember to share this episode with all your friends. If you have a comment, please, we love feedback. Subscribe to our channel questions are welcome we try to answer them as much as we can and now join me as we go to meet baraza here we go Hello, Baraza. Hello, sir. Yeah, welcome to Now Tell Us. Thank you very much. The honor is mine. Yeah, we, we are delighted and excited to have you here at Now Tell Us. And I've yes, known you for man. many... <laughs> I've, I've known you for many years. Maybe how many years have we known each other? Yeah. Let's go as far back as 1991. 1991, yeah. Those are yes. over 30 That's years. That's how long it's been. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. A broken it's, friendship. Yes. And, and it's, you know, from when I first knew you, I saw a great guy. And maybe we can bring to light uh, someone who's listening here for the very first time. That was in high school when we joined... Yes. The first, <laughs> the first year of high school, and Baraza yes. came in and he shone so bright. Now, and I'm going to tell them what you did that left me and everyone else in the school surprised or maybe excited. Baraza comes in, yeah. high school, first year, and he becomes the head of a very big department the music department. Imagine there have been people who have been there for years and one first former takes over control of a music department. Last year. <laughs> that was, was great. That was great, Baraza. Yeah. 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 Even I, even myself, I did not see it coming. I, I, uh -huh. It was just uh, one of those that uh, 
you um, you always walk prepared but you, you don't really see them coming yeah 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 it was great and uh, yeah and and one of the things that i've seen about you over the years and uh, even back then is the discipline that you have you're a great disciplined man <laughs> but maybe that's going to come in the details when we give you the opportunity to please tell us a bit about yourself who is baraza yeah. namunyu yes go ahead tell us who is who is yeah baraza? so um uh, for 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 yeah for those who follow me on my social media uh, uh don't be confused uh, because uh, i use my social um, ha- my social handles are usually balozi baraza mm-hmm. and um my author title goes under baraza jaina munyu which mirrors my birth names so mm-hmm. um after consult here and there i think um, i'm going to find a way to kind of bring them together so that uh, i operate under one identity mm-hmm. so that i don't have fans from everywhere confused who's this and who's that but uh yes as uh, you have said brother um anthony uh, my names are uh, my natural names were john baraza namunyu mm-hmm. so um i was born in uh, in kenya uh a couple of decades ago and uh i was brought up uh, i was born in a village mm-hmm. um i was uh, born to, to a family a couple who has uh, become pastors or salvation army pastors or salvation army officers mm-hmm. so soon after i was born uh, it was not long before they went in, into training college uh i i tell people this and they laugh you know i was born without a birth certificate my birth certificate followed about three years later <laughs> so how is that I, i was i was asking my mom a couple of years, i was asking my mom a couple of years back you know how is it that uh, I, i was born and then there was no birth certificate at at my time of birth mm-hmm. because even where I, when it eventually came out i was registered under the city in which they were living not the, the city i was born in mm-hmm. so what she explained was that um, during those days um bureaucracy was very difficult but at the same time uh, birth certificates nobody paid too much attention to birth certificates mm-hmm. people started looking for birth certificates when they were grown ups sometimes we even started looking for grown up for for birth certificates when somebody has just died because you needed a, a birth certificate to register a birth a death certificate <laughs> interesting so, <laughs> so that, that's how it worked that, that's the kenya it was in those in, in those years you know the 70s and the and the 80s mm-hmm. so um when um, eventually because they were moving around a lot because of the uh, the the work with the ministry in the church mm-hmm. So when we got to a town called Machakos which is not very far from uh, Nairobi mm-hmm. uh, we they, when things settled down a little bit that's when they started making sure that all of us got but all of us who was who were alive at the time the kids made sure that they sorted out our birth certificates to avoid complications in the future mm-hmm. So I believe I got my birth certificate I have a younger sister who's uh, two years younger than myself her name is Rebecca mm-hmm. Uh, currently she's uh, settled in canada okay but uh, i we got the, we got our birth certificate at the same time ah yeah so um 
but but my name by but um we we were not registered on the same birth otherwise uh, thankfully thankfully otherwise we would be twins okay <laughs> yes means <laughs> by on the papers <laughs> yes uh -huh. yes yes so everything everything was backdated mm -hmm. but uh, the, the the birth certificate came late Mm -hmm. And um, I, in my generation, children, my in my, you know, with that generation of mine, it was a very common occurrence mm -hmm. that uh, you know uh, sometimes this the paper is missing. Mm -hmm. Maybe the because you, you had to be registered at the chief's office. Yeah. So you go to the chief's office and the chief does not have paper. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And it it has to be ordered from Nairobi. Yeah. And sometimes it takes about two to two to two to three weeks for the order to come through. Yeah. We get it. And. Yes, and your parents cannot wait because they have they have to move about and things like that. So that kind of domino effect. But eventually we got there. I got my birth certificate. My name was officially registered. I was officially recognized as a citizen mm -hmm. of the country. Your official birth name? <laughs> yes. Yes. John Baraza Namunyu. John Baraza Namunyu. Okay. Yes, that is my official birth name. And where does yes, so, um, where does Balozi come in? Because uh, your social so, profile is Balozi. Yes, so Balozi is just a, a very recent uh, um, tag mm -hmm. that uh, <clears throat> I think it 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 was more of it chose me rather than I chose it. Mm -hmm. In the sense that uh, since coming to the UK and especially after, let's say just uh, during the COVID period when things were really tough everywhere, mm -hmm. and especially in Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I live in the UK um, and of course lockdown came and we were stuck in our houses for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, I kept in touch i was keeping in touch maybe through youtube facebook and things like that on how you know things were going on because i'm really concerned about my country of birth and mm -hmm. i try to help communities as best as i can in fact it was the during it was during the covid i, I don't think I've, I've, I've shared this widely but it was during the covid period that i actually helped my uh, the, the church where my, my my parents are retired now as we speak okay so mm -hmm. the town that they had settled in kitale Mm -hmm. uh, they were really struggling because um, they needed to finish the building, the, the church building they had started. Mm -hmm. But of course, with COVID, everything came to a standstill and it, everything was just a struggle. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, it was during this COVID period that uh, everything had gone quiet. Thankfully, construction was still going on. Construction mm -hmm. was not affected very much by, uh, by, by, by lockdown. Mm -hmm. So it was during that period that... Um, I found ways and means of uh, helping them to finish the main structure of the church mm -hmm. building. Mm -hmm. So uh, apart from that, I was also trying to bring people together in different platforms. Mm -hmm. um, I realized that um, during COVID, WhatsApp was a very good platform to use because it gave me the flexibility mm -hmm. to network with as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the process, I got to meet so many people. I got to meet a lot of real estate companies which uh, needed exposure in the diaspora. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided that, uh, you know, um, I'll do it out of love rather mm -hmm. than uh, than for money. So mm -hmm. I connected, you know, a lot of these companies with the people in the diaspora. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, people were needed information they needed they needed to understand you know 
what they what they're buying into mm. so i would create all these different connections you know between the 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 the, the, the clients between the sellers and also connect them also to professionals who kind of help to um break down mm. the or break down the unknown so mm -hmm. that now by the time the client makes a decision it is more of an informed decision rather than out of impulse mm. because as you know real estate property that is a very serious thing to make people make you know they set aside life savings to do that so we, if if mm -hmm. you have a way of uh, looking at this you 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 want them to be in a frame of mind where they're making very sound decisions with the kind of money that uh, yeah. they're going to be spending on these things but at the same time also mm -hmm. you want the the, the the sellers as much as they want to market furiously you know because they really want to get mm -hmm. you know buy get as many customers as possible but also mm -hmm. get the sellers also to understand the kind of client they're dealing with because mm. the clients in the in the diaspora are not necessarily clients back in kenya so the psychology yeah. is somehow different mm -hmm. so then you, you they, they they you if if you're dealing with people in the diaspora for example you need to slow down a little bit you know mm. don't be over aggressive the way you would be yeah on, on the ground in kenya mm -hmm. and a lot of and a lot of these people before they came into this space they did not know that they just thought that you know if we just market we just go you know mm -hmm. it's a hunting ground but yeah. uh, we had to kind of regulate that space so that now they slow down enough for people in the diaspora to begin to understand okay well, this is what you are selling this is why you're selling it this is you know uh, what about the process the title deeds mm -hmm. uh, all this and you, uh, because kenya also was now entering the digital space it was making things so much easier mm -hmm. so basically it, because of those activities and and i was doing them without you know have with, without any other objective yeah. other than to just bring people together mm -hmm. somebody somewhere noticed you know what i was doing mm -hmm. and uh they they they, uh, they 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 look they saw me as an ambassador of some sort okay so in that ambassadorial spirit uh the name baluzi came up mm -hmm. It was came, coming up quite frequently, and then it was not until the, the CEO of uh, Optivate, mm. a real estate company. Mm -hmm. I think for the for those of you who do not know Optivate, I think it is one of the leading real estate companies in Kenya. Yeah, and the CEO happens to be now he's a friend of mine. His name is George Washuri George, mm -hmm. an established author. He's a he's a very very uh, ethical business, businessman. He's very good in. Uh, with young people is mm -hmm. he has several mentorship mentorship programs mm -hmm. so when 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 somehow one of his deputies um linked him with me mm -hmm. and uh, we started working together on uh publicizing and things a lot so yeah. the technology balozi the more other people just caught on to mm -hmm. it and then it just became a household name so that's how i adopted it wow. and i changed that's all my tags to <laughs> it's, yeah. it's wonderful and i can attest to that that you're really doing ambassadorial jobs yes. and uh, i would call you a destiny connector because having watched you over that period and as you keep doing every day 
connecting people with one another that's 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 a blessing it's not everyone who has a, such a gift and it's a very wonderful gift you see yeah, you're, you're, you're not the only one because um um just before i relocated the uk in 2006 uh my mother wanted wanted me to know why she gave me the name baraza mm-hmm. so um other than the fact that uh, i was born on a monday morning mm-hmm. when the, the the elders of the of the village normally meet because every village has its own routine yeah and the village i came from normally the the waze or the elders uh, would hold a meeting uh, to just discuss affairs mm. within the uh, you know what's going on with the village what's going on in the region what's happening mm-hmm. what are the problems what are the disputes that need to be sorted and things like that and then while they were in the middle of that a cry comes from one of the houses a very very sharp cry of a little boy mm. that had, had just and that happened mm-hmm. to be me so, um out of that born on a day when the all the meeting that's how my name baraza but then over the years oh, i cool. think by the uk now i was a grown of course um mm-hmm. i had done i had a chips from being the band master that i was cool mm-hmm. uh, i was also a leader in my local church for many many years uh, and all these things um and unbeknown to me you know my mother was observing all this and she was just you know you know they were you know remember the way mary was watching jesus and keeping all these things in her heart so um yeah my mother told me that um, um she is very very grateful that she gave me that name because i have lived up to it all through my life i have been mm. bringing people together but i have not known it it was just something that i don't think twice about you know even today if i feel that so and so can work together mm-hmm. i'll just find ways of, of getting through to each one of them and i'll find a way of bringing them together now let me give you a very good example as we speak in this, um, i live in liverpool up north near 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 the uh, the north county okay uh, yeah up, up, way up north uh, in the northwest mm-hmm. but uh, um the last time i stepped foot in southwest london was many years ago when i was a child mm-hmm. but uh just about two weeks two three weeks uh, actually it was last week uh there's been a big outcry from kenyans in uh, southwest london mm. that uh, they do not have a, an active community group like others do mm-hmm. because as, as as we know in the uk and many other parts of europe you know yeah. people tend to be that people tend to be isolated opportunities to gather meaningfully i'm not we're not talking about you know social gatherings yeah. in the bars and things like that mm-hmm. you know just meet meaningfully and carry out meaningful activities like uh you know community building uh families coming together uh investments and workshops and mm-hmm. training and that sort uh they don't they've not had that in mm-hmm. fact there's a guy who told me that he's lived there for 40 years and he's never seen anything of that kind mm-hmm. and he's just they've been just wondering you know wh- why what is why are not they why are they not having that mm-hmm. so um for me i just took it as a challenge i said okay i'm about i'm i'm, I'm 300 miles away up north yeah but uh, thank god because of the connectivity with the internet and the skills that i have been given so so far mm-hmm. to bring people why don't i put mm-hmm. them to the and see 
if this is going to be if this is going to uh, to bring something about or not mm. so um i started playing around with whatsapp and facebook bashing about a few contacts here and there mm-hmm. and uh thankfully as we speak um i'm hoping that with by the, by christmas we shall have a community running we shall mm. have a community of people actually gathering and meeting and having physical meetings uh, planning their own meetings planning outings planning get-togethers, planning barbecues and things like like that. Something which they have not had. Some of them have been there for 20 years. They've never been able to do that because they've learned, they've not had a central figure that brings that brings them together. But um, I identified one wow, of them. There's a young lady I have identified who now mm-hmm. I am working one-on-one. Uh, she confessed mm-hmm. to me that she's petrified. She's really scared but she's willing because she wants to see change so mm. for me that was more that's that's all i needed that's all i needed as long as you have somebody yeah. who's willing to be led somebody who's who's willing to give their best somebody yeah. who's willing to give their time and their energy then um, that's how you build a community and then mm. shortly after that she was joined by somebody else who is much older mm-hmm. he's an older guy um and he's, he's the one I'm talking about, has been there for 40 years. And he, he also felt the same. He said that it's time we change the narrative. It's time to mm. change the narrative for Kenyans in the southwest of London. Let us do something about it. Because in the east, um, funny enough, in the e- southeast London has so many Kenyan groups. Okay. And a lot of them have gone to form investment groups. They have, a lot of them have gone to form companies. A lot of them have have done so many so many amazing things in the north of london mm-hmm. you find the same thing in the midlands maybe birmingham bristol you have a lot of kenyan groups happening mm-hmm. but uh, for whatever reason the southwest of london has kind of now fallen behind and uh, that's where the opportunity came you know for you know let, let's work with what we have mm-hmm. let's do what we can with the with what available on the ground and people are beginning to support this because now i'm kind of bringing allies that i know in the southwest of london in the north of london and in other parts of the uk i even have friends who are willing to help we have zoom meetings we have these electronic electronic uh, um assistance that we have available now hopefully we're going to start building new a new uh what do you call it a new uh generation of leaders in southwest london wow. who can now build the community there as uh, as they wish because at the end of the day it is their community and they need to define mm. it according to what needs they have among themselves wow that's a beautiful story this is yeah. really balozi otherwise the abasinda <laughs> the abasinda yes. yes. <laughs> now <laughs> Today, I'm very excited for one reason, and I talked about it at the beginning of the episode. You've written a book, and yes. this book is talking about three ladies, again, yes. connecting people. This is Balozi. Now, who are these three ladies? <laughs> and tell us about this book, please. Actually, if, if I can make a confession here, uh, the, the book came more like an accident. How? Because um, I've been I've been working on a, a, a on a book that um, it's almost more, more like a biography on um, on one of the ladies. 
Mm-hmm. I've been working with, with her for the last kind of two or three years, putting things together. So actually, that was the book that should have been published first. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was that um, ever since COVID, um, I've, I have had the opportunity and the blessing to work with each of these three ladies on three different occasions. Okay. But then I realized that in the process of working with them, they were also connected to one another one way or another. Mm-hmm. So basically, how I came to kind of uh, find myself in that, in, in that space was uh, back, back again to COVID years when we were in lockdowns now. For me, I'm a very active person when I'm out there. Now it's lockdown, can't go mm-hmm. anywhere. So my only my only relief is watching YouTube. So mm-hmm. in the process of watching YouTube, I came I come across this lovely, lovely, lovely young woman. Her name is Lynn Gugi. So mm-hmm. I knew I know nothing very and I don't know much about her. She in fact is not even aware I exist. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, in the same same spirit, I just felt that uh, there was something about this young woman that uh, we need. Uh, that there was something about her, but I could not explain it. Mm-hmm. So, after watching a couple of episodes, uh, there was one particular episode that she did, which really really moved me, and I felt that maybe the, I just reach out and see. I mean, I, she can reject. Mm-hmm. The worst that can happen is somebody says no. Mm-hmm. So I reached out. Uh, through first of all through the YouTube comments, I left my email there, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what that's one way of like now Gideon testing, you know, putting the fleece out there. Yeah. So um, I said to myself, I'll leave my comment there. I'll leave my email there. Mm-hmm. If she if she responds, then I know this is this is meant to be. Yeah. And um, two days later. She sent me an email mm. confirming that she has received my comments mm-hmm. and um, she, she's happy to make contact. Yeah. So um, I basically uh, told her what, why, why initially I, I justified why I wanted to, why I established contact. And one of the reasons I had established contact was that um, seeing the, her brand of journalism is something I had never seen before. Mm. You know, the way she, she does her talk shows, it reminded me a lot of... Uh, Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. and I felt that we've never really had anything of that. So we had, we've had very good presenters in the past. You know, we've had very mm-hmm. good news in the past, uh, like Catherine yeah. Casavulli. You know her. You know Beatrice Marshall. Mm-hmm. You know we've had legends. Yeah. But uh, Lynn Gugi, there was something very different about her. It was not just about the the skill of mm-hmm. presentation. It yeah. is about there's a certain spirit behind her, which, mm-hmm. which 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 I felt was calling her to greater heights. Mm-hmm. So I randomly just asked her, you know, if she would be happy to come out in the diaspora okay. and do what does what she does, what she's doing in Kenya. I think she has a very huge. She at the time she was working for a media company called Tuko, mm-hmm. and uh, looking at the, the 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 following she had in the diaspora was huge. Mm. And so my thinking was that as soon as COVID is finished, well, mm-hmm. how can we? How about we found ways of making. Uh, of helping or or making it possible for Lin Gugi to come out in the diaspora and mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, enrich her library and uh, of course diversify mm-hmm. 
her work with the diaspora. People in the diaspora mm-hmm. want to tell their stories. They don't just want to be listening to stories, inspiring stories. You know, they also want to share their stories. But the, how yeah. do we create that bridge that makes it possible for that to happen? Um, mm-hmm. Lynn and myself were talking for a couple of, uh, for about two months, you know, but okay. uh, we, we, were, we, we, were not getting, we were not getting, we were not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So something else came to me. I had heard about this woman called, a uh, fantastic woman um, called Lydia Tetolet. Okay. Because she, I've seen what she does with Kenya and friends in the park. I've seen her work in other spaces. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like Lynn, I reached out randomly and I and I and I said to her, "Look, um, I'm I'm trying to work on this project, and I feel that uh, I need as much help as I can. Okay, this, this is the vision I have, but I, I do not have the. But I feel that uh, mm-hmm. with your platform, maybe we can work something out. The mm-hmm. response I got from Lydia was not what I expected, mm. because Lydia eventually uh, told me that actually she is. We, she she is short of words because this Lynn is who she has been looking for for mm-hmm. a very long time. Mm-hmm. She's been trying to get her contact. She's not been able to. She's been trying to get in touch because at that point in time when I was contacting Lydia, yeah, Lydia also had her own show and she was hoping that she could bring Lynn onto her show to interview her mm-hmm. about her work. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how the two ladies came together. Wow. So Again. Yeah, after, Balozi, Balozi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after a couple of meetings. Yeah. Yeah. After a couple of meetings, mm-hmm. uh, the two actually developed a very, very strong bond. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I felt that uh, if I overstayed my mm-hmm. welcome, then uh, of course things become, become a bit uncomfortable because you become the spare wheel. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. uh, um, I allowed them to get on with what they need, what they needed to do because I felt called somewhere else to do other things. Okay. So it was in that process that the two of them continued working together. Uh, even by mm-hmm. the time Lynn had left Tuko and worked independently, uh, Lydia had already prepared the groundwork and mm-hmm. uh, Lynn was able to make a tour in 2000 and last, last year, actually, 2022. Okay. Uh, Lynn, Lynn was able to make her first UK tour. And mm. uh, it was a resounding success. It was better than we hope we had imagined, mm-hmm. because initially we had thought she would just be based in in London. Okay, but uh, I think sometimes looking at there's a there's a there's a clip that you sent just the other day talking about looking at problems at, at a different way. What you could yeah. be seeing as a problem could be a blessing in in disguise. Yeah. So what looked like COVID. Uh, actually was a big blessing in disguise because it is what opened the big doors that Lynn, Lynn Gugge needed mm. to travel the UK. She was able to travel to Wales. She was able to travel to different places where, 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 where whereas if she had come under normal circumstances, she might just have been confined to Kenya and friends in the park and London only. Okay. So that opened very, very big doors and possibilities for the future. Wow. That's a beautiful, yes. beautiful one. And we have viewers who are watching us from all over the world. I have someone here known as Lydia. 
yes <laughs> lydia lands and that she she says that's very impressive mr baraza we have to be the change we want to see through boldly starting initiatives like yours kudos Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'm really honored to hear that. Yeah, thank you very much, Lydia. And everyone else who's watching, we appreciate your presence here. And we love your feedback. Yes, we keep going. So we've got <laughs> Lynn, and then we've got Lydia, and then we've got a third lady. Bring her into the picture. The third lady. Uh, one yeah. I, I I've talked so many times. She's the crown in the jewel. You know, she came in she came mm -hmm. in last, but uh, she's the one that actually completed the picture for, for me. Okay. So what had happened was, of course, after uh, uh, you know while while Lynn and uh, Lydia, it just mm -hmm. happened that uh, because apart from the Kenya and friends in the park outfit that. Uh, uh, that uh, Lydia, Lydia has been running successfully for the last 10 years mm. and it's growing bigger and bigger every year anyway. mm -hmm. uh, apart from that she also runs a magazine Karibu Kenyans in the UK mm -hmm. magazine I'm sure we, you, are, you are aware of it Okay. Uh, I think we featured you yes. last year we were, no, we were meant to feature you last mm -hmm. year we missed out for some reason but uh, this year you're well in it <laughs> okay. so, so <laughs> the magazine sense. Um, mm -hmm. early, <laughs> yes, early, early last year, around April, uh, mm. I think February, mm -hmm. uh, Lin, mm -hmm. uh, Lydia reached out to me and uh, said mm -hmm. that um, she, she half uh, her editorial. Uh, a, a lot of people were leaving. Some some were relocating back to Kenya. Mm -hmm. Others were others were looking for other opportunity, uh, opportunities in life, and they would be occupied, so they would not really have time to run the magazine the way it was running. Mm -hmm. So she really need, she needed a hand, and uh, if mm -hmm. if there was one way I could help, because uh, for some reason people think my up there, I have no, I do not understand why. <laughs> but uh, it is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, and I will tell you, and I'll tell you why I'm surprised. Uh, because um, mm. I've been working as a as a taxi driver, uh, as a side hustle okay. for some time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't do it as much nowadays, but uh, just to kind of bring in the the bills and top up, bring, make ends meet. I've been okay. uh, side hustling as a taxi driver, and of course, mm -hmm. as a taxi driver, you have to talk to your customers. You have you you can't you, you can't be an introvert. You know, even yeah. if you are, you have to force yourself to be social and to be to to be flexible that's true so in the process i don't like using my voice very much except for when i need to but mm -hmm. uh, in those particular circumstances you have to talk to people so it is the process of talking to people that um even uh, these um, locals uh, they're saying your english your english is not is it doesn't sound african where really are you from <laughs> I mm -hmm. said, no, I'm from Kenya. I was born and brought up in Kenya. I came to the UK 17 years ago. And uh, yeah, but your English is very different. Your English is even, is, is even better than ours. Where mm -hmm. did you learn that from? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, maybe that is what Lydia had in mind. She felt that, uh, you know, my English skills would be something that she could use as an asset in her mm -hmm. magazine. And of course, mm -hmm. I felt that that was a very good opportunity also to reach out to more people. Yeah, because it's not just about helping out with the magazine, but also 
uh, using that magazine also becomes a platform and a vehicle for me as an individual mm -hmm. to, reach, to reach more people with my message and with my work and with whatever it is that I'm allowed to work with it within that space. Yeah. So while I was so when I was when the when the when when that bit the the editing bit of the magazine was handed to me. Mm -hmm. So I make the decisions how they bring in and what to do and everything. Then in the process, it's when Lydia uh, suggested to me that there's this lady who does fantastic work and her name is Njeri mm -hmm. Omigui. Would you do a story about her? Now, at that time, mm -hmm. I have no idea who Njeri is. I don't mm -hmm. know wh what she does, so I have to research. So it's me back on the in the archives, on the internet, doing all kinds of research. And that's a point where I realized uh, it is true when they say that when you write about a person, you get to know more about them sometimes than even they know about themselves. Because I come up with all kinds of uh, data that uh, I could put together reliably. And then mm. I, I came up with this picture. And uh, that article actually appeared in last year's magazine. Um, if um, at some point we will, we, 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 I might share, the, I might share the link on my profile or somewhere else. There's a there's a website where you can actually go and see all the previous editions of that mm -hmm. Caribou Kenyan in the UK magazine. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the story was well received. Actually, more people got to know about who Njeri is. She is mm -hmm. the founder of an organization that is anti-gender-based violence. It fights against gender-based violence in Kenya. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and the and the organization is a community-based organization called Usikimye. Mm -hmm. So Usikimye basically uh, means don't do not be quiet, do not be silent. Mm -hmm. And what has happened is what she discovered was that for so many years she has been a victim of gender-based violence herself, mm -hmm. and she knows that one of the crippling things that victims go through is either they become silent mm -hmm. themselves or they are silent by the by by the okay. aggressors so that's how she came up with the name that no mm. more silence do not mm -hmm. be silent do not have to speak out as a nation we have to speak out as community and victims need to learn or they need to be empowered to speak out because we are not going to be silent about that issue anymore mm. so for me that really struck a chord you know um i still had not made made any contact with her uh, but mm. I was following her work. Now I was more interested in what she's doing, the kind mm -hmm. of international contacts that she's making, and the kind of impact she's having in the around Africa, mm -hmm. because uh, mm -hmm. she travels a bit around Africa, and mm -hmm. uh, you can see the footprint she's leaving, wherever mm. she's been, is mm -hmm. quite, 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 quite uh, significant. So it was only this year. Now we are coming down to how the book came about. Yeah. So it was this year that uh, because I know I I I we we lead to bring Lin La. So this year, um, mm -hmm. as we were working, something was kind of making me unsettled. The mm. more I was thinking about, the more I was thinking something is missing, and I do not know what it is. Then mm. Lydia on her Facebook posted a picture of the three of them, the one, that picture that you can see on, um, on the, on the cover page yeah. uh, of three of them posing together. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So the more I looked at, I said, now I have a conne- I have a connection with all these three ladies, but I do not. I want to understand what is the connection there. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I had to go back and start watching Lynn's anywhere that Lynn Googie has been interviewed. I ha- I watched all the programs. I was looking for that missing link. Anywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere that Lydia Chetolet has been interviewed, I went and watched all the programs. Everywhere wow. that um, Jerry has been interviewed, I went and watched ev- every episode looking for that link. Mm-hmm. Then um, I was processing it during the, the Kenya and Friends of the Park event. I, uh, while I was uh, doing my activities, I reflect and I was trying to find, you know, what is the connection there? Okay. Then it hit me. I realized each of these three, each of these three ladies, number one, they had reached a point where they lost everything. Mm. But each of them, whether they knew each other at that point or not, mm-hmm. they fought back. Mm-hmm. And the reason we know them as they are today is because they fought back mm. and they rose from the ashes. Wow. Rising from and the ashes. And that's where rising from the ashes came from. Wow. This is beautiful. And thank you very much, uh, Baraza, for sharing with us <laughs> Now I'm asking. Now yeah. this episode yeah. is is meant actually to have ended, but then we can't get enough of what. Uh, so we've just had the introduction of this book, which I'm asking everyone of the viewers or listeners to go and get. It's available on Amazon. Yes, the link is in the yes. description. You can just click on the link yes. and order your book. Like I have ordered mine. I have mine, and uh, oh, I'm feeling it this way, John. And yes. Baraza, in this case, Balozi, you have many yes. names. You're going to know how to bring them all together at some point. Oh, I've, I've, I've not, <laughs> at this point, I have to find a way, yes. Yeah, so so this is what I'm thinking. So the book has been introduced to us by Baraza. Uh, beautiful yes. cover, beautiful stories of beautiful ladies, three ladies in one. And... Uh, Considering that this episode is supposed to be over, that means that we should have a second episode. <laughs> For us to know <laughs> some of the lessons, because as Baraza is writing this book, he shares several lessons that we learn from these ladies. And therefore, why don't we have you sometime uh, back on this episode to tell us more about the lessons even as uh, other people are going to read it and come and share with us what they've got from the book. Absolutely. Absolutely. It will be an honor. Yeah. Yes. uh, Thank you very, very much, uh, Baraza, for coming to now tell us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And wonderfully introducing your book, Rising from the Ashes. ashes. Yeah. Yeah. So... This has been now, tell us, uh, before we go, just tell us a few words that we should remember from this episode. Yeah, I think um, it, uh, it's just to capture what um, one of your Lydia had said, that uh, you know, we, we can only become the change that we want. Mm-hmm. And change does not come by sitting on the fence. 
and change does not come by standing still. Change mm. comes through motion. And sometimes mm. you have to take that step of faith. Uh, like, um, coincidentally, the lady I'm working with in Southwest London also is called Lydia. Mm. And um, one I've of the things that... Uh, Lydia. <laughs> the, yeah, the Lydia and, uh, that is covered here, the Lydia commenting, the Lydia you're working with, we've gonna we, we're gonna meet a lot of Lydias. Yeah, and actually, the lady who taught me how to play to play the uh, the euphonium in the brass band was called Lydia. Whoa. <laughs> okay, okay. She was my mentor for many years. Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, so uh, we can only become the change that we want. Mm. Change does not come by standing still. Mm. Change does not come by sitting in a fence and change mm. does not come by being comfortable. And sometimes we have to be prepared to be misunderstood mm. for change to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of the things that um, I had to learn the hard way because mm. uh, sometimes you, 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 you want both, you, you know, you want change, but at the same time you, you, you want a comfort zone. Mm. Uh, and there'll be times in life where you just have to choose one. Okay. Yes. You had that, all our viewers, or our listeners. There's going to come that time when you've got to choose between the two, either change or comfort. What do you choose? <laughs> Take that from Baraza Balozi. And <laughs> yeah, it's been a wonderful time having you on our show. We really appreciate and we look forward to having you another time someday soon. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. To Absolutely. continue with this wonderful sharing. Yes. So this Absolutely. has been now. Tell us. Thank you yes. for having me. Yes, we really appreciate you coming. This has been now. Tell us. I've been your host, Anthony Murore, and together with our guest today. Balozi Baraza Namunyu. We are saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep rising, keep rising. Get out of your comfort zone and keep yeah. going. Mm. Yes. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you.